Welcome to the Vortex with your host Addie, an ancient cosmic soul, transformation and mindset expert, and evolutionary astrologer. My mission is to help inspire and guide you to help unlock your soul's potential so you can live a joyful, empowered, abundant life. This is a podcast where we take deep dives into topics all along the lines of astrology, spirituality, metaphysics, and so much more. So with further ado, let's dive into today's episode and topic. Hello again, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode of Welcome to the Vortex with your host, Addie. Today's episode is going to be about the winter solstice, Capricorn new moon, and Chiron coming direct, and Jupiter coming in Aries. So we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff in this episode today. And I don't really have any announcements because I'm not doing any readings or anything until the next year, even though I don't really follow a calendar system, still just putting my readings on hold till 2023. So those are on hold until then, but those will be opening up back in January, February, 2023. So definitely stay tuned. But now I just want to go through the astrology for the current week, the upcoming week real quick, and then we'll dive into this episode because we're just going to be having a nice little fireside astro chat, if you want to call it that, since we are coming into the winter season, even though it's not really, we don't really get winter here in Florida, even though it is cooling down a little bit, but that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode, so Today is December 18th when I am recording this and we currently have the moon in Libra right now. It's finishing up in Libra. We have it at 21 degrees. We saw it oppose Chiron yesterday. That is the last time that we will have that like Libra moon oppose Chiron retrograde for this year. So that's the last time that we'll see that because the next time that we have the moon in Libra, Chiron will be direct in Aries. So that's just something to keep in mind. But tomorrow, December 19th, we have a moon in Scorpio. December 20th, Tuesday, is when we see Jupiter go back into Aries at 9.33 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. December 21st, Wednesday, we have the moon in Sagittarius on the final last day of Sagittarius season. So that is also starting to bring that dark moon energy. And we have the sun entering into Capricorn at 4.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1.48 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's also the winter solstice on December 21st. December 22nd, that is the first official day of Capricorn season, if you want to call it that. December 23rd, we have Chiron coming direct in Aries at 4.31 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then, not even an hour later, we have the new moon in Capricorn apexing at 5.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That'll be 2.16 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And December 21st, that's Christmas Eve. If you celebrate Christmas, we also have the moon in Capricorn. So we'll be coming off that new moon in Capricorn energy. And then on Christmas, December 25th, we have a moon in Aquarius that just passed over Pluto because we'll have like the moon finishing up those like late degrees of Capricorn and then passing over Pluto. So It's going to be a very interesting Christmas. You can call it a very merry Chiron Christmas if you want to call it that because we have Chiron coming direct to New Moon and Capricorn. It's going to be a very interesting Christmas, but that's not a bad thing. It can be a very positive thing. It can be a very beautiful thing. So let's just do a little recap from last week as well before I dive into this week's episode. So we are finishing up Sagittarius season. We have been seeing Jupiter at the final degree 
of Pisces at 29 degrees of Pisces. So this has been bringing a lot to the surface, especially since that 29 degrees of Pisces is that final degree of the zodiac. So it's like, what has Jupiter for bringing up to the surface? And I'm actually going to go just look at the previous dates real quick from last week of what was going on because last week's episode was all about Capricorn season and just like a little astro update for the month as well because we also had the moon in Virgo last week so that could have brought up some because we did see it square Mars that could have brought some anxious energy up we saw it oppose Neptune we saw it oppose Jupiter that could have brought a lot of stuff up to the surface especially just regarding like that Virgo Pisces duality polarity access that could have brought a lot to the surface regarding your physical present day reality and also how are you blending the physical and the spiritual together are you blending them together or are you out of balance in one area or another because that's what this winter solstice really like kind of reminds us as well is that we can bring balance to all areas of our life and this is a season where it is very like this is a very beautiful time to do the shadow work to dive deeper into our shadows especially since we have a dark moon this week as well that i will be coming in that i will be getting into a little later on in this episode but with that dark moon that is also going to be bringing up stuff to the surface this is a beautiful time to release because the winter solstice represents like equal or no that's the fall equinox so the winter solstice that's the shortest day and the longest night of the year because the fall equinox that we had a few months ago that represented like equal light equal dark because we had like the same amount of like darkness like we had like day and night were the same amount of time but here with the winter solstice is this is the longest night of the year the shortest day of the year so this really reminds us to take that journey into our own shadow work to really do that deep dive into our own shadows and to not be afraid of that darkness to bring a light into that darkness because we have to have a light to showcase that darkness to show what it is so we can bring light to that darkness so we can start transmuting and healing it and I think it's really beautiful that we also have Chiron coming direct this week as well because Chiron is the wounded healer Chiron shows us our deepest wounds so it's like okay where have our deepest wounds been have we been doing that healing work and Chiron and Aries this is all about like our ego identity so this is really about healing that ego identity and then with that new moon in Capricorn this is really about us taking action and really grounding in like really grounding into ourselves and really taking that inspired action as well so that's what we're going to be chatting about in this episode and now let's just dive into Jupiter coming into Aries Chiron coming direct and the Capricorn new moon I first just want to talk about Jupiter going back into Aries. So we see Jupiter ingress back into Aries on December 20th, which is a Tuesday, at 9.33 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.33 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we've already seen Jupiter in Aries earlier this year. So you've heard me talk about Jupiter in Aries. You've heard me talk a lot about Jupiter in Pisces because in traditional astrology, Jupiter is also the ruler of Pisces. So it's very interesting here as we're finishing up Sagittarius season that we're also seeing Jupiter change signs 
and especially since Sagittarius and modern day astrology is ruled by Jupiter. So it's very interesting all this Jupiterian energy that we're experiencing in these next couple of days, especially since we have been experiencing Jupiter at 29 degrees of Pisces. We've been really finishing up that Jupiter and up to conjunction in Pisces. This is the last time in our lifetime that we will see Jupiter and Neptune together in Pisces because once Jupiter goes back in Aries, it's not going back into Pisces until another 12 years and then Neptune won't be in Pisces anymore. So this is the last time. So I really encourage you, and I've been telling my friends this, I really encourage you to look back into April, especially around like April 8th through the 12th. That was when the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction was exact at 23 degrees of Pisces. And then especially like if you're a mutable sign, if you're a Pisces, if you're a Virgo, I really encourage you to look back at then as well because that that transit could have affected you a little more stronger than let's say like an Aquarius just because like that Jupiter Neptune conjunction, like if you're a Pisces or Virgo, was really emphasizing a lot for you, but it affected everyone on a deep, intimate level in one way or another. That's why I always recommend like you really look at your astrology charts and I will be doing readings next year. So more to come on that later though. So definitely keep that in the back of your mind if you have been wanting a reading from me. But anyway, with Jupiter and Aries, this is really giving us that courage to continue making our dreams into a physical reality. So I encourage you to look back at April. What were you calling in back then? What was it that you wanted to bring into your physical day reality? Because now that we've had North Node and Taurus as well, North Node and Taurus was really is really reminding us, okay, continue to have that solid, strong foundation. Continue to take slow baby steps, gradual steps to continue building that solid, strong foundation. So have you been taking those steps from April to now? Have you seen things come into fruition? I'll give an example just for myself because I was looking through my journals and for me, like one of the things that I called in on the Jupiter and Neptune conjunction in April was I wanted like a bigger, like I wanted a bigger reach for my podcast. I wanted more growth for my podcast and I've really been putting in the work from then. But now I've really been seeing the numbers start to double and triple. And it's just amazing to me how things like over time and just like a few months, how things can really move fast. But it's also because I've been doing like behind the scenes work. I've been doing small baby steps. I haven't been trying to rush the process. I've really been taking that North Node Taurus direction. And that's why I encourage you to look back from April. Have you been doing the necessary like building block work almost? You could think of North Node Taurus as like the building blocks and the Legos. This is where we need to continue just taking those small little steps, small incremental steps. Especially since we've had all those mutable energy. This was all about us really taking those small necessary adjustments and changes and making those necessary tweaks. Because mutable energy is all about transformation soul alchemy, spiritual alchemy. This is all about alchemy work right now. So this is all about us transmuting, transforming stuff and just changing like little small tweaks. It doesn't have to be big drastic changes. And Jupiter and Aries is giving us that courage to continue making those necessary changes when we enter into Capricorn season. So I love that we're having Jupiter and Aries because this can really help us to continue manifest and build our dream life. 
And we will, even though we won't see Jupiter and Neptune conjunct in Pisces anymore, like we can still utilize that energy to continue building and making our dream life into a physical present day reality. So what is it that you want to call in now? What is it that you are continuing to build upon? And have you been making the right progress? Because you can also utilize this new moon in Capricorn to kind of change courses and to redirect if you need to make any changes. And we'll get into that a little later on in this episode but we can really use this Jupiter and Aries to our advantage and this is really going to give us that courage to continue doing the necessary work this will also give us the courage to look at our shadows for what they are for the winter solstice and now I want to start getting into the winter solstice a little more and talk about that and the symbolism behind the winter solstice so I was doing research yesterday because I always like to do research like on like these little pagan holidays is what I call them and I just find them really interesting because they always like align with the astrology and I love like the symbolism and kind of folklore behind them. So I'm reading from Ilwellian's 2023 Sabbat's Almanac and this is the Yule chapter and I found it very interesting and I'm going to be reading a little passage from this because... I don't really, I didn't really know all the symbolism behind Yule and like Krampus and this chapter from what I'm reading, it's called Your Whole Self and the Magic of Krampus. It says, and I'm now I'm reading from the chapter, it says, my first Krampus encounter came courtesy of my fascination with weird vintage postcards. I was scrolling through Christmas cards from the late 1800s, lingering on particularly strange ones, like a demonic clown slicing into a pie casting the viewer a leering smirk so cheery and a mouse riding a lobster where to even begin with that one <laughs> when i came upon krampus stuffing an unfortunate child into a sack his red tongue curled like a snake what i didn't know at the time was that krampus would become a welcome yuletide figure in my practice one who urges me to let go of unhealthy tethers to the past and integrate my inner demons but who is krampus and what's with the antagonistic relationship to kids to begin our explorations we need to look at another festive figure Good old Saint Nick, because Krampus is usually depicted as Nick's unruly sidekick. So just taking a side note here, because I'm going to continue reading. But this is very interesting to me that we have Krampus, like this almost like demonic like figure. And I'm doing like air quotes here with like the de demonic. But he definitely is depicted as like some demonic figure, which is like a little like dark but this is also showing that symbolism of light and dark so you can think of like saint nick and krampus the light and the dark and to, it's all i'm just getting this now this is very interesting to me because as we're just ingressing into capricorn season as well it's funny because to me like sagittarius is very like saint nick and santa clausy because especially like with all that jupiter energy that's definitely like saint nick santa claus like given all the presents jupiter has all the gifts and then capricorn can be like the krampus energy where it's a little more serious and because also capricorn being ruled by saturn it can get a bad rep at times so and i'm not saying i'm not saying this to shit on capricorns because i love all signs equally 
But what I'm saying with this symbolism is that like we could say that Capricorn is like depicted by Krampus in this little symbolism where it's showing us, okay, we need to find the balance between these two. And now I'm going to continue reading because now for the history, it says Nicholas was a bishop living during the time of the Roman Empire, but his legend swells far beyond the scant historical record. Among his many good deeds, he was said to have rescued three sisters from sex work, which their father planned to force them in to save his finances. Saint Nick threw sacks of gold coins through the father's window during the night, solving his money woes and freeing the sisters from his scheme. In another story, a greedy innkeeper and his wife murdered a group of schoolboys who were overnighting in the inn. They hid the bodies in barrels, but Satan came to the rescue and brought the boys back to life. Um, this is where you could see the beginnings of Saint Nick as the patron saint of children and the givers of gifts. And now Krampus's origins are even more heavily shrouded by the mists of time. We know that he originated in the Alpine region of Germany and Austria, but local variations prevent a clear-cut tracing of his lineage. Even his name is tricky to pin down, with Krampuro being the usual title in the Bavarian foothills in Salzburg, Klabuf in East Tyrol, or to feel or to feel devil in other regions. It wasn't until the introduction of holiday cards in the late 19th and early 20th centuries that the name Krampus gained wide usage. His connection to St. Nick stems likely from the saint's dark companions, known in the number of traditions such as the servant rapture, or that's some weird word, it's a different language, but in English, it's Black Peter, both of whom accompanied St. Nick on his gift-giving rounds, punishing naughty children or handing parents a switch to carry out the discipline themselves. See, okay, I'm taking another side note. This is where, like, the Capricornian Saturnian of Krampus could come in because, like, Saturn can discipline. Saturn can bring in some harsh lessons because it sees our highest potential. So, like, this is very like Sagittarius Capricorn to me, the Saint Nick and Krampus, because it's like, okay, are you doing the necessary work? Have you been good? Or are you someone who hasn't been doing the work and you've been a little naughty and you need to get your act together? And now I'm going to continue reading. It says, interestingly, these companions didn't necessarily look like what we associated with Krampus now. Cloven hooves, lascivious tongue, and a goat horns. Capricornian. They were often quite human-looking, wearing a dark cloak or more controversial black face and predominantly Catholic lands. Krampus became associated with the devil, the imagery of which in turn has been heavily influenced by the pagan god Pan. And then shortly after the advent post advent uh, the advent of postcard delivery in Austria in the late 1800s, the first Kramp Krampus cards appeared solidifying the hairy-hooved and red-tongued imagery as we associate it with him today. So it's just very interesting to me, just like symbolism and just how we can even like depict Sagittarius and Capricorn in those two figures as well. But I want to continue reading a little more because now it talks about Krampus and the shadow and integrating the shadow because it says we could view Krampus's rule simplistically. He carries out St. Nick's dirty work, punishing misbehaving children. <laughs> With a switch or worse, stuffing them into a sack and either eating them or dumping them in a fiery hell pit. Saturn also ate his children. So this is where I'm saying this is very like to me almost like funny in a way, but not funny that it's really depicting this 
astrology as well the sagittarius and capricorn relationship if you want to call it like saint nick is sagittarius Krampus is capricorn so it's like have you been good or have you been bad and it says on the surface it seems like a clear-cut morality tale be good kids but for the modern witch is there more to the story and working with Krampus myself i found another angle that i've identified my own misbehaving children i.e. inner parts that are clinging to a less mature state of being, resistant to learning new skills, operating under an outdated self-image, or remaining loyal to relationship patterns that simply don't work anymore, and as opposed to whipping those parts into shape or obliterating them. Krampus has inspired me to offer those less developed parts to my internal fire of transformation, which ushers in change and growth. The first step in this process is recognizing that we all have a shadow side, that we contain aspects of both Saint Nick and Krampus, but the latter is often shut into the unconscious through self-judgment, social pressure, striving for perfection. When the shadow side remains unrecognized and unintegrated, it can cause chaos in our inner system, which then manifests as unwanted external circumstances. But when we learn how to bring these undervalued aspects of self into consciousness, what once was harmfully destructive instead helps us dissolve what no longer serves our evolution. Let's look more closely at the concept of the shadow, because the duality of light and dark is vital and magic, especially at the time like Yule when we're poised at the brink of the longest night, ready to shift in into increasing light. During these transition times, the liminal aspects of our psyche are more accessible, meaning that it's easier to draw unconscious contents into our awareness, so that we'll be using this to our advantage in the Yule ritual to follow. The psychological shadow is a component of your personal unconscious. It contains energies and psychic contents that have been deemed incompatible with your ego. We might view the ego and shadow as two sides of the same coin, much like Saint Nick and Krampus. And just as Krampus has been cast mythologically as the bad one, the ego assigns badness to the shadow. Qualities end up in the shadow usually for one of two reasons. Either we can't imagine expressing these qualities because they don't align with our chosen self-image, or because when we did express them, other people reacted negatively. Example, like maybe someone shamed you. Often it's a bit of both because people's negative reactions to something will shape our belief that if we want to see ourselves as good, then this bad quality can't possibly be a part of who we are because the shadow has been rejected by the ego and is now unconscious. You aren't aware that its contents belong to you. Instead, they make themselves visible through your dreams and something called projection. Projection is an automatic process that happens within all of us and it's not something we do intentionally. Projection occurs when we perceive something rightfully belonging to our own unconscious as existing in someone else instead. Let's look at a simple example. You meet someone new, they seem incredibly charming, fascinating, you just can't get enough. Everything they say is so clever, you feel so charming, while this person might actually be charming to some extent, the flames of your fascination are likely fanned even higher by but the projection. This person demonstrates qualities that match up with your own shadow content, qualities that aren't being allowed expression in your own life. So on an unconscious level, you're yearning to embody, embody these qualities, but the ego won't allow it. Now these qualities are being projected onto the other person, making them seem especially charming and interesting, but the same process happens with undesirable shadow qualities as well. So in the previous example, while those were projected good qualities, you could also do the same thing with negative bad qualities as well. Um, that's very interesting though, like, now I'm not reading anymore, now I'm just talking freely, but it's very interesting all of this symbolism with the light and dark, with St. Nicholas and Krampus, with us going from Sagittarius into Capricorn season. Now I want to look at the chart for us going into Capricorn season. 
So now that we have like the little like history behind Yule winter solstice, we see the sun leave Sagittarius and enter into Capricorn at 4.48 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. So that's when we're transitioning from Sagittarius season, being Jupiter ruled, full of optimism, adventure, really full of that higher learning, spiritual philosophy, that free-spirited energy. We're leaving that and entering into Capricorn season, which is a feminine earth sign, cardinal earth sign. So this is more about taking more initiated action, taking more action, making things happen. And Capricorn being ruled by Saturn, this can be a little more of a serious time as well. That's why I love like the depiction of Saint Nick and Krampus, like I really feel that very Sagittarius Capricornian energy between the two. And it's like, okay, how can we start looking at our shadows more? How can we start integrating our own shadows more? Where have we been told we've been too much? Where have we been shameful? Where have we felt shame? Where have we not been doing the work? Where have not we not been doing the shadow work? There are shadows that we have deep down that we have continued to keep very deep within with inside of us and now is the time to bring those to the surface as well because we also have the dark moon and Sagittarius and because we will be having that new moon in Capricorn on December 23rd so then with us having this dark moon period for the winter solstice as well with us going into Capricorn season this is really about us taking that look into our own darkness it's having that courage with Jupiter and Aries to take that like longer look that deeper look into our own shadows and really face it for what they are and be like okay I'm not afraid to face these shadows anymore I'm not afraid to face these fears anymore I'm going to look at them for what they are and that's another thing like with that Saint Nick and Krampus like symbolism reference is like Krampus can be kind of like a scary creepy figure so it's like we have to take that courage to look at it for what it is because really he's just Saint Nick's sidekick like he's just trying to whip these kids into shape so next year they get presents and they don't get disciplined again and again and again just like Saturn like Saturn doesn't want to continue discipline us every single year like Saturn wants to reward us so it's like okay have we been learning the right lessons have we been doing the work where can we make these changes because with us going into Capricorn season as well with Capricorn being a cardinal feminine earth sign this is about us taking more initiated action this is about us taking more action and really taking control of our lives and making beautiful changes and making beautiful things happen because Capricorn they are a very hard-working sign as well they want to put in the work they want to make things happen and make things into a physical present-day reality so this is a very beautiful time for us to continue building and doing the work and really thinking about okay what was I manifesting with North Node Taurus? What have I been building? How can I continue building upon that? How can I continue laying a solid, strong foundation with us entering into Capricorn season? And with the sun ingressing into Capricorn, this is where it really starts to kind of like, if you want to call it like kick off, you will kick off the winter solstice as well with this ingress into Capricorn. And I just want to read some like tales and traditions about Yule winter solstice. 
and I'm just I'm reading it again from Ilwellian's 2023 Sabbat's Almanac and it says Yule or the winter solstice is perhaps the Sabbat that has maintained most of its pagan elements over the years. Wreaths and garlands of vibrant evergreens are brought into the home to symbolize hope and cheer. Their bright colors are a reminder that the earth is still thriving beneath the snow and ice. Customs such as the Yule log, gift giving, adorning a pine tree with lights and trinkets are all traditions that are still going strong today. While the big man in the red suit is a newer addition, there are quite a few symbols that have stood the test of time. While some symbols meanings are obvious like candles or religious iconography, others are a little more curious. For example, I always wondered why and how bells became associated with Yule. Bells are included in the holiday decorations almost as often as Santa Claus and candy canes. They are nestled in wreaths, hung on trees. So do bells have pagan origins or are they new to the party? The power of bells. Yule marks the longest night of the year and is a celebration of the rebirth of the sun god. After this long night, the sun begins its gradual return. In pagan times, bells were rung on the solstice to drive out the evil spirits of darkness and welcoming the light. So if you really wanted to, like if you have like a little bell, and I know this kind of sounds silly, but you could like ring it on solstice. And like I really like that symbolism because it says like bells were rung on the solstice to drive out the evil spirits of darkness and welcoming the light. The jingling was also meant to scare off storms and disease during the harshest time of the year on the longest night of all. Perhaps it is the act that led the bells to being a symbol of the season. Historically speaking, bells are much more than just your average noisemaker. The earliest bells were made from pottery in Asia and are thought to be 3,000 years old. Okay, that's very interesting. Now let's just going into the history of bells. But what's also interesting is the duality of bells. The truth is bells weren't originally associated with the joys of flying reindeer and sleigh rides. They were often considered foreboding as they were so often announced the death or warned of impending misfortune so there's also like this duality between bells which is really interesting like you could even say like that also has like a gemini like tone to it as well because we're still like in mars retrograde in gemini as well so it's really interesting that even bells have a duality with them as well like they can be like they had like a really positive intention but then they also kind of had like a negative connotation when they were used about like warning death or like warning of impending misfortune so that's very interesting as well that we have that but then like you can also like to celebrate yule like you could have like a little feast like you could just have like your own like little special gathering with like a couple friends loved ones you could do a seance if you want like there's like a lot of different things that you can do during yule winter solstice to celebrate because it is like the celebration of the returning light and it's the longest night of the year so this is celebrating that we are coming into lighter times as well this is celebrating like the longest night is going to be over like the darkest times are over so this is celebrating and welcoming in the light as well that is very beautiful I definitely feel this episode is going to be a little longer than maybe normal usual because now on Friday, December 23rd, after we have been in Capricorn for about a day, almost two days into Capricorn season, we have Chiron in Aries coming direct. And we see Chiron come direct at 4.31 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is oh, less than an hour before that new moon in Capricorn apexes. But first, let's talk about Chiron coming direct in Aries before we dive into the Capricorn new moon. 
So we saw Chiron go retrograde. It was back in July that we had Chiron go retrograde. And with Chiron retrograde, this was a time for us to really go inwards, to really reflect on our own ego identity transformation work. Because Chiron and Aries, it's all about us healing the wounded ego, the wounded identity. It can also make us feel like we're going through an identity crisis, being like, who are we right now? What are the changes that I want to make? So that Chiron retrograde that offered us an introspective period to be like, okay, how is my ego identity right now? Who Who is the person that I am right now? Am I happy with that person? Are there changes that I want to make to my ego identity? Is there ego identity work that I need to do? Like, what are the changes that I want to make right now? Or have you been playing victim in a certain area? Because the story of Chiron also shows us that we don't need to play victim anymore. That we can be the hero of our own story. That we can take ownership of our own story. And we can change the outcome. So it's like, okay, have you been playing victim in one way or another? Have you been playing victim in one area or another? How can you take the ownership? How can you stand up and take the power back? That's also another thing with Chiron and Aries reminding us that we don't have to be the victim anymore. I definitely see like that's a common theme with the collective right now that a lot of people are trying to play victim. And it's like, okay, how can we learn that Chiron and Aries? How can we take that and not play victim anymore? How can we stand up and take the power back for our own? lives our own selves how can you start doing more of that ego identity work did you shed old layers of your ego identity no longer serving you this is also especially since we have that capricorn new moon happening right after chiron comes direct in aries it's like okay who is the new person that you want to step into who is that next person who is that higher version higher level of you who is that next person and how do you want to get there who is that person that you want to evolve into and what are the steps that you want to take to get there how can you make that person into your physical present day reality how can you make that actually happen and into your physical reality with Chiron coming direct, like not even an hour before the Capricorn new moon apexes, I really feel this new moon is also going to be really like heavily emphasizing like ego identity work. This is really helping us set the tone for 2023. This is helping us set the tone for the year. It's like, okay, who is this next person? Who is this higher version of myself that I want to step into? Who does that person look like? Who are they? How do they show up? How do they act? What are they doing? Because this can really help us set the tone for 2023. This can really help us make necessary changes, shed the layers of our old selves, of our old lives that are no longer serving us. Because we see the Capricorn new moon apex at 5.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's not even an hour after Chiron comes direct in Aries. And that's also at 2.16 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So this is Friday, December 23rd. We have the Capricorn new moon at one degree. So we have the sun and moon both at one degree of Capricorn. And we have a lot of Capricorn energy going on right now. Because along with the sun and moon in Capricorn, we already have Venus, Mercury, and Pluto in Capricorn as well. And what's very interesting, this is also going to be the last Capricorn new moon that we have with Pluto in Capricorn because next year we have Pluto coming into Aquarius even though the sun and moon are 26 degrees away from Pluto we still have Pluto in Capricorn right now with this new moon so we're still going to be referencing that 
But with this Capricorn new moon, this is really emphasizing those Capricornian themes. This is really helping us ground into our physical present day reality. This is helping us get back a little more grounded and more centered into our own selves, into our own lives. Because along like with the sun and moon in Capricorn, like we've had Venus and Mercury in Capricorn, we've had Pluto in Capricorn. So we've had a lot of this Capricornian energy already that was kind of helping us set the tone for this Capricorn season. Because also with this Capricorn new moon, it's still like coming off of the square to Jupiter. So it's still coming off this square to Jupiter that we saw because we'll be seeing the sun square Jupiter at 29 degrees of Sagittarius and then we'll be seeing the sun square Jupiter with zero degrees Capricorn zero degrees Aries and now we have a sun square Jupiter with zero degree or one degree sun zero degrees Aries so we're still in the sun square Jupiter energy so this is also like kind of helping us okay be like okay where have I taken on too much stuff where have I not been doing enough where have I taken on like more than I knew that I didn't need to take like where have I been taking on stuff and I've just been overdoing it and how can I let that stuff go this is where we can really utilize those sun and moon squares to Jupiter really helping us okay this is helping us release things no longer serving us because it can be easy to overdo it with a sun square Jupiter or moon square Jupiter it can be easy to overdo it or underdo it so it's really trying to find and maintain that balance between the two and it's also very beautiful that we have this right after the winter solstice because the winter solstice was also showing us okay how can we find the balance between our shadow and our light how can we start to bring more light to our shadows how can we start making that more well known and bringing up to the surface and really transmuting that and doing that necessary work as well with those squares to jupiter so that can bring a lot of stuff to the surface but i also feel that we can really utilize that to our advantage as well so along with like the sun and moon both making squares to Jupiter, which is pretty prominent during this new moon, we also are seeing Mercury make a sextile to Neptune and Pisces. So this can definitely like really help us figure out the next like chapter in our spiritual story, especially since this is the last new moon of 2022. It's like, okay, this is actually a great time to take inventory, especially during a Capricorn new moon, during Capricorn season. Like Capricorn keeps score. Capricorn takes notes. They keep track of everything. So this is a beautiful time to take inventory and take stock and figure out, okay, what has been serving you? What hasn't been serving you? And then you can be like, okay, what is it that I want to take with me going into 2023? What is it that I want to leave behind in 2022? Because we're all we're also seeing like Mercury conjunct Pluto, even though they're in a six degree orb, we are getting ready to see Mercury conjunct Pluto. So, and we're also getting ready to see Mercury go retrograde too as well, but we'll get into that next week. But with that Mercury conjunct Pluto, this can also bring up stuff to the surface. This can also show us things that are no longer serving us. This can help us continue releasing old layers, old thoughts, old beliefs, old memories that are no longer serving us that we don't want to take with us into 2023. Because we're also seeing Venus trine Uranus. We saw Venus trine Uranus the day before, but we're still on that trine Uranus. So with Venus trine Uranus, this can give us like a little like boost of energy a little spark a little creative spark this can help us really 
like rev up our passions and really show us, okay, these are the passions that I want to continue focusing on in 2023. This is not what I want to continue focusing on in 2023. What is it that you want to take with you? And what is it that you don't want to take with you? Because we're also seeing Venus square Chiron. And with Venus square Chiron, especially since Chiron just came direct, this is really showing us, okay, the relationships serving us, the relationships no longer serving us, old beliefs no longer serving us, especially like regarding money, like financial matters, it can be a beautiful time to heal those beliefs, transmute any of those, and really change your relationship when it comes to money too, because we're also seeing Venus trying North Node Taurus. So this is also reminding us of our destiny and to continue to keep going and to not give up on our dreams, not give up on our destiny even though it might seem like a little hard at times like doing that work we need to continue making that into a present day like physical reality so like we have beautiful like venus mercury elements coming on during this new moon as well but i really feel that we can utilize this capricorn new moon to our advantage with it helping us ground back into our physical present day reality but reminding us to take the necessary action that initiated cardinal action to continue making things into a present day reality to continue making things happen and especially since capricorn is ruled by saturn this is really reminding us okay to continue doing the work showing up every single day, staying disciplined, staying, continuing to maintain that endurance and not giving up on our dreams and continuing to just make them happen. Like Jupiter and Aries is giving us that courage to continue going after what we want. So this is the time to continue pushing towards your goals and not giving up right now. I'm going to leave it at that for the Capricorn new moon. And now I want to pull a couple cards. I want to pull an Oracle card and a tarot card. The oracle card I'm pulling from is from the Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle deck. Figured that would be perfect for this episode. So the card I pulled was Snow, and it says softness, patience, and allowing. It says, how beautiful is a white winter Christmas? It's as if the heavens cover the world in a blanket of purity and blessings. The air seems fresher. Everything looks brighter and cleaner. When snow falls, it feels like little drops of wisdom are falling from the cosmos. Each flurry offers a chance to connect with the divine for wisdom and guidance. Water has long been associated with access to the spiritual realms and snow's healing properties are similar. But water can be overwhelming, chaotic, a massive force. Snow is soft, pure, and gently whispers, allowing its healings to settle lightly upon you rather than being overwhelmed by an enormous flood. Snow is falling in your spreader as a reminder to soften. There is no need to know everything at once, nor is there any reason to rush. Allow things to gently come to you over time, operating from a place of force is when mistakes happen, or worse, when you can end up running over everything and everyone in your path, causing more obstacles, heartache, and disruptions. Snow reminds you that force breaks more than it creates. Be gentle as you move ahead and trust that all will be revealed in due time. I really like that we got this card because it's also reminding us to just surrender and to just kind of go with the flow at times as well, that we don't have to force things. And then especially like with Capricorn being ruled by Saturn, sometimes like Saturn can like just want to like force things and like sometimes like you just want to make things happen. So this is a beautiful reminder to us just to come. Sometimes we need to just surrender and just give it to God, to the universe, and just trust that all is going to work out in the end and hold that faith. Now I'm pulling a tarot card from the Tarot of Oppositions. I figured this would be a good tarot deck to pull from since we are dealing with the winter solstice and we are dealing with like themes of like light and dark duality. 
And we got the Eight of Cups, and it says, Your greatness may be measured by the strength with which you know how to walk away from the accumulations of the past. Everything we have is temporary, especially material resources, so why cling to them? You need space, solitude, and freedom to make wise emotional choices. I really like that we got this card, especially because like Cups is the water element in tarot and the Eight of Cups. So this is, and especially since we are coming into a new moon, we're finishing up 2022. It's like, okay, what is it that we want to take with us? And what is it that we want to leave behind? What is no longer serving you? This is a beautiful opportunity, especially like these final weeks of 2022 to just do like this really deep, beautiful spiritual alchemy, like transformative work and to just really go into those deep corners of your own soul, those deep dark crevices and really figure out, okay, where is it no longer serving? serving me where do i need to release where have i been holding on to for too long these are just beautiful questions to ask yourself and i'm going to leave it at that for this episode i hope this episode helped i apologize if it was a little long kind of jumped all over the place but feel it has a good flow as well but hope everyone has a beautiful winter solstice beautiful yule happy new moon in capricorn happy capricorn season hope you have a merry christmas if you celebrate christmas And until the next episode, we will chat again soon.